Hello, guys, and welcome to the Voice Notes Unscripted podcast with me, Rory Daniel Halliday Stokes, and Mr. Stuart Tuft. Stuart, how are you? Very, very well. I've been anticipating this episode for all week, to be fair. It's kind of like chiming in, kind of thinking, what can we talk about? What What's new? What's going on in the world? And yeah, just ready to have a good quality conversation. And how are you, Rory? I'm well, thank you, mate. I'm well. Just before we come on, I was telling Stu how today we had a brutal leg session, like one of those that hit well, like hit well with the body, hit well with the mind. Um, we did something really stupid at the start. So if anyone's ever done blood flow restriction training, we'll know how brutal it is. So we did that on the leg extension. If you've got no idea what I've just said, don't worry. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's nothing too exciting. But if you have done it, you'll know it. And, Never do it at the start. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know why we did that. I think we should give the audience a little glimpse into what blood flow restriction training is, just so we can get a bit of context on that. So just give me the, the two second, well, the five second summary. So blood flow restriction training is essentially pulling blood uh, in an area of the body. So it has to be like limb training. So you can't do blood flow restriction like chest or back. Like it's got to be like arms legs potentially calves um personally i find it best on biceps and quads i don't actually think it works that well for triceps um and, and basically like the the idea is that when we're looking for muscle growth or hypertrophy as the scientific name would would have it we're we're looking for some certain pathways that create that and one of them is something called like metabolic stress it's basically blood flow we know that blood carries oxygen nutrients etc around the body so the idea behind metabolic stress is the use of blood flow to a muscle helps create like a muscle growth response the idea of blood flow restriction training is you try and pull blood in an area for a slightly like prolonged period of time so you might do so a standard bfr protocol would be like three sets of 20 reps using a very light weight you know you're sort of using anything from 20 to 40% of kind of what you would normally use. So it's, it, you can literally really, really light. Um, and you just pump reps, you just pump reps out. Um, and it's, it brings a really high level of fatigue. Um, it can work really well if you've got like joint pain as well. So if you, you know, kind of heavy curls or heavy leg extensions that feel great in your elbows and knees, it can be a nice way of kind of getting some progress. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. It's definitely not something I program a lot. But it is quite fun. It kind of it gives you that sort of, I suppose, like that burning sensation, that high level of fatigue, which a lot of people like. Um, so basically, we did this on the leg extension before hack squats and leg press, and we just we were just buckling for the rest of the session. Basically, it was a stupid idea. <laughs> so, how do we achieve the blood flow restriction? Then, like, what's the apparatus we're using? So, you ah, mate, good point. I missed this. So, to achieve the kind of blood flow restriction, uh, sort of. I suppose method if you like you you generally buy some bfr straps you can get these off amazon they're about 10 11 quid they're not expensive and basically you you create like a tightness around basically like the top of the limb so you would you would basically um occl occlusion training is another word for blood flow restriction you basically you know have a, a strap or a band you tight around the top of the muscle um pretty tightly the recommendation is about a seven out of ten tightness you've not got a sort of like completely cut off your arm um but you want it fairly tight um, and that basically in the research suggests that it gives enough of an effect to create this kind of pooling of blood effect um 
you can use things like bands, but generally BFR straps are the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's something to be said. I mean, even just trying it for the novelty of training, when you get when it gets a little bit yeah. stale, I might probably wouldn't program it all the time unless that's kind of your thing. But just to kind of freshen things up and to go down that road, so it's an interesting thing. Um, I have actually quite oddly um, done legs yesterday myself. That's not the odd thing, by the way. But I did, um, I did the raised heel goblet squats. Yeah, now love it. you you recommended this to me, and it was I asked you the question like because obviously throughout the session, the sessions we're looking between eight to fifteen reps uh, general for leg extension, leg press, leg hamstring curl, and stuff like that. And then you'd programmed the uh, the goblet squat, and I, I asked why. And it's although we're not using the blood flow restriction, we're still achieving or looking to achieve a similar um, similar kind of effective. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. So the whole metabolic stress thing, like it's not that's not um, the the only way to to achieve that. Isn't like blood flow restriction. Like there's there's different ways to achieve that. Drop sets, supersets rest pauses um, just doing like a lot of reps in a set and then having a short rest um so there's plenty of ways to achieve like like metabolic stress as it were um the goblet squats are quite a nice one because it's an exercise where you, you go through um if you if you can get down in a goblet squat like comfortably and it kind of suits your structure as it were you go through quite a nice quite a, quite a big range really um you can add in like pauses you can basically stop before you lock out at the top so you can kind of create this like quite high level of fatigue in a goblet squat and also because you it, it, for those of you who don't know what a goblet squat is it's literally just holding if you can see on the camera if you're seeing the video if you're holding like a dumbbell or a kettlebell to the front obviously you cannot like hold anywhere near as much weight as you would on a barbell because obviously that bar sitting on your back, you know, it's not an issue for your grip, etc. Um, so with a goblet squat, you're never, for a lot of people, it's not going to be comfortable to hold all that load in the front. So actually a higher rep approach, using pauses, using slow tempos, using short rest periods, like can work really well. So yeah, mate, like you definitely, uh, you definitely kind of like summarize that well. Yeah, and I found... To be fair, when we, when we did it before, I was like, I'm not sure if this is for me. This kind of thing, as we do, something is when something's new, we kind of sometimes struggle to adapt it in, especially when it's something that's like totally left field of a normal training technique. Um, but yesterday, it was one of them days where I feel like my leg days have been quality, but I just needed to get that extra set in. So I've programmed for split squats, um, which I personally I really struggle with single leg movements now i know there's a lot to be said in terms of stability and like the recruiting different you know it's going to have it's going to work muscle slightly differently if you do it in single leg but i like the efficiency of doing both legs at a time as well yeah because i think one of the critics not even criticisms but one of the struggles that i have with a good leg day is that like if you're um, leg pressing or even more so squatting the mental fatigue is insane the, the how much you have to build yourself up for a set how much you have to kind of like right we're going now and we're going in like after like two quality um exercises during the session like I, my head's starting to go because i'm like so focused on like getting it right not injuring myself getting the most out of every set that you know kind of like by the end of the session i'm like after four exercises 
I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm getting to the end. But with the um the goblet squats, I've found like I- I've got fucking real bad dumbs to be fair. And like it's one of those, like I know that I pushed myself because I put up the weight, I just picked up a, like a like a 20 kg dumbbell. No, sorry, uh, kettlebell. And I just thought, you know what, let's give this a go and kind of did 10 reps, about 10, 15 second rests, and then did about five sets. And if you if you've never tried it before and you're getting a bit stale on legs, like I think it's an excellent suggestion because as Rory said, it's a it's it's a different type of training, which is one, it adds a bit of novelty to your session. But um but two, like you might you you might even though like it's different type of training. You might get that novelty because you are getting like the blood flow into your quads. You might think you've got a pump on it and you might actually get the expectation effect where you kind of like my quads are growing here and then your mind actually sends that kind of signal to your, to your legs. But um, one thing I also like about them, like you said, like the anatomy of a squat is something like a lot of people struggle with their ankle flexibility, me particularly, or the calves being tight and then, you get a lot of people with lower back pain in a squat. And I know we, me and you did a lot of work on this where, you know, kind of I would, my, my heels would raise up or my lower back pain or you get like the butt wink and stuff like that. And a squat is a complicated movement, man. And I think a lot of people don't kind of realise that. Mate, 100%. It's um like people often say like, oh, you know, go to the gym, learn the basics, you know, squat, bench, deadlift. And it's just, they're just not basic movements at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of movement going on at multiple joints. Um, everyone's structure's like different. So someone who's like six foot six um, and has really kind of like narrow hips is going to squat way different to someone who's five foot five with, with quite wide hips. Um, like you said, really good point on, on ankle mobility as well. So, um, you know, we've all got basically a varying level of space in the ankle. So, for example, I've got a shit ton of what we call dorsiflexion. So if I go down in a squat, it's very unlikely my heels are going to raise just because my ankles have got the space. Whereas, like, for you, Stu, if your ankles are coming up, uh, your heels are coming up, sorry, it might not be anything to do with, like, um, like muscular weakness or um, or being tight at all it might just be that your structure there isn't enough space to allow you to get that low unless that unless that heel raises up and this is where like squat shoes heel wedges um just having your heels on a couple of very small plates is where these kind of things work really really well so you can you can manipulate like the way you squat but it's not it's not necessarily going to fix everyone so um you know very much like how you're built kind of dictates how well you'll squat and if you do do squat whether you feel it in the quads or the glutes or the lower back so yeah it's quite a complex you could probably do a, a fucking hour speaking about squats to be honest yeah for sure man like I, I i kind of fell into the five by five camp when i started wanting to put some muscle on and it was it very much that culture is like this is these are the movements this is what you need to do to get strong do it it's obviously not accounting for certain variables you know and i think one of the one of the big things if you're going to go down that route and believe me when i say this like i'm very much a person who believes he can teach himself 99 percent of things i do however understand the value of getting a professional's opinion if you're going to try and um kind of go through this I, I i couldn't like give you any better advice than just to get like pay someone for a professional opinion on your form or just get 
genuine feedback and then like you're you're going to go up so much faster you're going to see progress you're not going to get hurt you're just going to feel better about it rather than trying to kind of feel everything out for yourself and then you know just like <laughs> fuck yourself up basically um one thing i really like for me as you said rory and this is why that I, I think i liked the um the goblet squats in general is because raising the heels on a plate and literally like getting like a 10 kg plate or 20 kg plate sticking out on the floor and then just that like putting your heels on it it's like for my anatomy that makes my squat incredible so what i would find is either do like a, a squat like bodyweight squat just trying to like um stretch out and stuff like that is that it gets quite very restrictive after a certain point in the movement whereas with just raising the heels a little bit like i feel like i'm not one of the flexibility guys where i can literally just sit in a squat all day and that change is just mental so i think that's definitely something that a lot of people can um just play with because you, i think i got this narrative in my head and this is total like gym culture that kind of thing like i thought oh the plates are like training wheels if you know what i mean like i'm not going to do that whereas that's not it you're just kind of compensating for your um your your structure really yeah 100 percent, mate definitely i think um like with like with squats as well like you you hear you hear these like ridiculous things like people will say you know everyone must learn to squat everyone must squat and it's just not true you know most people's goals if it's weight loss related if it's muscle gain related if it's health related do you need a squat to achieve those things no you don't you can use a squat if you want to you can use a squat in your exercise program for weight loss, but you don't have to. Like, it's not going to stop you from losing weight. It's not going to stop you from building muscle. And that's the way to think about these exercises. They're options. They're not mandatories. Um, and, and you know, like, you hear stupid shit like people say, oh, you know, your hip flexors are tight or your hamstrings are tight. But what you got to think is when you're squatting to the floor, the number one thing like your brain and body's doing is trying to maintain your center of mass. It's just trying to stop you falling over. And if you were to somehow, and you, you, you know, unless you're, unless you're stupid, you won't over, um, what's I'm looking for? Like you won't override that, like, because you're not gonna, your body's just, your brain is, your just body's trying to protect you. itself. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's just not going to let you fall over. Right. So your body's always trying to maintain a center of mass and to maintain that, stop you from falling over. It has to work with your proportions. So how long you're thigh bone is how long your tibia so your shin bone is how long your spine is how flexible your ankles are so like all these things are like working together the brain the nervous system so clever is juggling all these things to keep you basically it sounds simple but there's a lot going on there just to keep you from falling over so when you then say it's because my hip flexors are tight 99.9 percent .9 of the time if not 100 percent of the time that is not the case um so if squats feel awful don't do them <laughs> yeah for sure and there's something to be said as well like I, I totally agree i was having this conversation with a pt in the gym the other day like i just sparked up a conversation i was just interested about what she was doing and how she took her clients through certain things and like i just said like at the end of the day it's a it's for a lot of people especially in the gym i train it's got a lot of older people yeah it's just a massive win to walk through the door and you know yeah yeah like get in the gym and then obviously if you invested in yourself in terms of um investing your time with a personal trainer and obviously your, your hard-earned money then yeah. like like you're flying so when you, 
I guess for the older people, they're not going to have as much external influence on them as younger people with the social media and stuff like that. But a lot of people would then say, oh, you know, they see something online where it's like, oh, I must be squatting. I must do this. I must do that. And it's it's like, as you say, it's just not true. Like I saw Mark Bell's um, a little clip, like a 10 minute podcast clip from him. And like he was very much of this... Um, of the the way of thinking to say that if you're not squatting heavy there's no point in training and like that that was kind of his ethos and, yeah. I, and i understand where that comes from especially if you're more of a powerlifting kind of background that's where you've been come up but then he's gone on to say he's like educated over the time and he's actually changed his opinion and he holds his hands up and says it's not the only way to do it and yeah, he kind of comes back to this conversation the geezer's massive you see his legs you think fuck man you see him squat you think yeah like I, I want to be like him, and then like he would have preached in like years gone by. He would have preached the 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 notion to to just squat, just squat. But then just seeing how like trainees evolve and stuff like that, taking different things into account, it's just like no, you don't need to. Like I would argue for me, I like I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but my favorite leg exercise has actually become leg extension, and it's purely for for the fact that you, how far you can take that isolation movement and then as we've said before but still say safe so you can keep pushing keep doing more reps how far can you take it and at no point am i really gonna think i'm in danger here or i'm gonna push this so hard or i'm not gonna be able to get back up from this you know this, this kind of load but um i think on that i reckon that's a good segue into kind of discussing um our favorite exercises for favorite but for the body parts so Let's let's get started. And I'm going to come at this from one. Obviously, we're both going to come at it anecdotally. And again, Preference. the anatomy of us. Yeah, for sure. But I think you'll come at it from more of a like a PT kind of view, educated kind of view. And I'll probably yeah. come at it more from a bro science kind of view. And I think there's a beautiful crossover there to be had. Yeah, yeah, mate, definitely. What do you want to start with? So I reckon if we go chest to begin with. Okay. My favourite chest exercise. Mm. Um, I'll be honest. I really like, just from a preference standpoint, I love a flat dumbbell press. Really like it. Uh, it feels really great. It feels great for me. Um, just enjoy it. Enjoy the challenge of the two dumbbells. Like it's nice to see that. Like you climb in the rack. That's very motivating. I think because you know mm, when you're in the gym, sure, you can yeah. see that you're getting stronger. Like you think bloody hell, those tens used to go everywhere, and now I'm lifting X, and that's quite comfortable. Like across the scope of your journey. So, like I would say that. What about you? Hmm. So I think before I always wanted to kind of like based on doing a five by five, I wanted to say it was bench press because it was like, oh, this, I think there's something to be said for like moving a barbell feels very primal. Um, but it just, to be honest with you, it, it, I always struggled with it. I always felt weak. I always hit a limit. So when you put me onto incline dumbbell press, that's where I've kind of been able to unleash myself a little bit and take things to that another level, having a little bit more control. So I am going to say, inclined dumbbell press now i my nice. question is why do you choose flat dumbbell rather than incline just from a a preference standpoint if we're looking at it from a a more kind of like um uh, i suppose a more like methodical approach as to why you may pick an incline over a flat so 
like the the chest muscle um and if you google like pec major you will see what the pec looks like you see you've got all these kind of like like muscle fibers that kind of look like little elastic bands um and like they all run in slightly different directions um so and they 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 all kind of sit at different angles and basically you can manipulate your chest pressing position whether it be decline whether it be flat whether it be incline to basically like bias a certain like area so for example for a lot of people if they get up on a 45 60 degree angle they're going to bias their upper fibers because those are the fibers that are basically on top of like on top of the axis what we call it so they're they're the guys in charge um that's going to be the the biggest hitter in that kind of uh i suppose in that path of, of of the exercise whereas if you went to a decline um the fibers wouldn't be on the upper pet they would move right down to kind of the kind of what we call the sternal costal fiber so the the fibers that run like almost in the coast of the chest and from the the sternum which is like your chest bone um so like yeah like i suppose it depends what angle you're looking at it but obviously incline generally you're going to hit more upper pec but to be honest mate again this is something i only really discovered fairly recently is that if you get and mate this is seriously nerding shit now so if you download the app give it to me come on <laughs> um if you download the app i let i level i level so basically i'll i'll show you this sit so it measures okay. it measures the angle if you put your bench to 30 degrees and you get in your press position so you lift your chest and your rib cage up and you're ready to press your dumbbells most people are still on a flat really yeah 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 it's basically a flat press um so you're aiming to really like if you're on a 30 degree bench it doesn't yep. mean your sternum angle is 30 degrees Interesting. so if you go up to 45 60 that's where most people especially people who've got some muscle on their chest that's generally where they're going to need to be um so mate i've actually been measuring this on not everyone but one or two people this week um yeah. and i found it's higher than most people are going no way that's so crazy and it makes a lot of what i think is going to be the explanation is like when we do a barbell press and as you say you bring your chest up ribs up and stuff like that like a lot of people are talking about getting an arch in your back to like yeah. give to give yourself stability so are we kind of replicating that on the incline bench and that's them manipulating the angle yeah yeah basically yeah so like when you when you lift your rib cage up and your chest up what happens so you get your body closer to the bar so essentially that bar's got to travel a shorter distance um which is going to make you stronger so you know it's definitely not a bad thing yeah. like you know i i definitely do that um i think something else that like maybe will like make people a bit more clued up is most people there might be some anomalies out there will press more on a flat compared to an incline and that's yep. because most of like the bulk of the pec is towards the kind of mid slash bottom of the pec as you know like you know you can see that on all muscly people they've always got more around the mid to lower pec than they have at the top yeah and that's because there is more fibers in that area so when you do a flat or a decline you bring more of those fibers into the plane so like you will always be stronger particularly a decline mate like you find people are really strong on a decline because they've got basically all those kind of like uh fibers of the pec in that plane that can you know work and shift the most load so yeah that's a good little test if there's anyone who listens to this i doubt there will be um 
who are stronger on an incline than a flat or a decline. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, for sure. I, I, t- I totally understand why. And I think as well, like, again, this is more anecdotally from me, but one of the things I really like on an, on any kind of chess movement is this idea of like, if we've got a bar, pulling the bar, like pulling your hands closer towards each other, like the, the idea of it, but not actually doing it. So if that makes sense, so if we had like, a, it was doing a bench press and your hands are on the bar, you grip it as hard as you can and then you pull your, you pull your hands towards the, the middle of the bar just to create that tension in your chest. That just gives me that amazing pump feeling, kind of yeah, like I'm yeah. using the right muscle. And I know I know you gave me that tip. And, and like you can kind of test that with like press-ups, as you said. It's like such a simple way to kind of like change how we – I'm not sure Next how it feels. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's like a really good way to calibrate like – going back to one of my favorite things you've said is like what muscle am i supposed to be working here and then that's yeah. just a way to tune into that yeah that is nice these little cues um and again like probably won't go too much into this because it's a bit it's going a bit deep with it but like <laughs> when you do things like that so when you like put an intent in an exercise so for you it was okay let's try and think think about sliding those hands together you basically what we call you create what we call like a resultant so if you think about like at the Smith machine that we did it on, mate, that Smith machine is just trying to go down and you're trying to shove it back up. Whereas if you actually think about trying to pull your hands together, you get what we call like a resulting force. So the force doesn't now just want to go down. It actually wants to go at a slight angle, which increases the challenge to the chest. So all of a sudden you're like, shit, I can really feel this because that pec's got to work harder. And all we've done is give you that little cue, that little bit of intent, it's amazing. And this is why exercise is incredible because like you can go to such a level with it where you can make it feel amazing for someone. Like if you've never felt like a certain muscle work hard before, there's probably a lot you can do to change that. Um, but again, like you said earlier, mate, and a bit of a soft plug for someone like myself or, or, or anyone else who is a coach or a trainer who's like loves this stuff. Like, like it might just be that you need another pair of eyes to see it yeah for sure man i think i think again like we were discussing this in person but the dunning kruger effects it's like basically when you it's it's this like just go google the graph but basically oh mate love it it's it's so true and it applies to so many things in life but exercise is such an obvious thing like mate let's let's talk about the dunning kruger let's go for it okay right we're we're off we're off on one but uh yeah so rory rory brought this up to my uh, attention um more recently yeah because we we went for that coffee didn't we a couple of weeks i think i thought i thought we'd spoke about it ages ago and then we come back to it no 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 like as in like months ago like months months ago i'm sure we spoke about it and then you brought it up when we went for a coffee yes so i i forgot the term dunning kruger effect like I, i know it existed but um i call it like the curse of knowledge so basically, and I'm sure Rory will give the exact thing for the Dunning Kruger, but essentially, we're saying is the more you know about a subject, the more you realise you don't know. So it's kind yeah. of like you get into something, you think, yeah, fuck me, I'm 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 the top boy at this. Like this is easy, I've got it. And then you start looking, going down the little rabbit holes, and then those rabbit holes lead into different like branches of things that you're like wow this is complicated like oh my god there's so many things like you know and i'm i'm particularly bad for this because i'm like i do consider myself like 
an intelligent person who can learn things quickly. But like you, every time you quickly get humbled into this idea that, oh man, like we can, there's so many levels to this. And that's why I, I recommend a coach to anybody based on my experience. And I would say like, I would have been fine without a coach, but the level went through the roof because one, obviously the accountability and stuff like that, but just the little tidbits of information that you just not going to get without having a conversation with someone just come up but yeah school us on the dunning-kruger effect rory come on so like basically the best thing you said the best thing mate like go like just google the dunning-kruger effect it's basically a graph and i'm i think dunning-kruger were they were two psychologists i think um like social psychologists and they were wanted to find out like why people who knew very little about a subject were so confident about mm. speaking about it and then why people who actually knew quite a lot about a subject weren't confident. So we had this kind of like opposite effect where people would know more, but be less confident to speak about it. So they did this big sort of study. I'm sure you can find out the details if you want to go and like geek out on it. But basically, when we know a little bit about something, um, so let's use let's use cars as an example. Yep. So when you start to know a little bit about cars and how they work and you know whatever it, the details are, your confidence in speaking about cars goes through the roof. You almost get this like false. Um, it's almost like this false like fake it till you make it type thing where your confidence is so high in speaking about that very very kind of like one or two details. You think you know everything. But then when you actually meet someone who does know a lot more and they shed some more light, some more complexities, some more variables, your confidence basically goes through the floor and you end up almost just as just as scared to speak about it as when you first started. So they call it like, um, what do they call it, mate? The uh, peak of Mount Stupid. Yeah, that's right. Peak of Mount Stupid. So it's basically like you're ignorant to the fact that like, there is so much more to know but you haven't come across it yet so you're so confident in what you do know so then you go through this kind of like slope down and they call it the slope of enlightenment and basically how it finishes is you gradually very very gradually over time get confidence back nowhere near the level like you were at when you knew a tiny bit but they call it the slope of enlightenment so the more you know you get a little bit more confident, a little bit more uh, confident, a little bit more confident. You basically get to a point where your confidence is high, maybe not as high as when you first spoke or first knew a little bit about it. And they call that like then the plateau. So you stay at that level. And it's fascinating because we all do it. We do it about everything. We do it about the gym. We do it about politics. We do it about cars. We, we do it about everything. Like, And it's mad. And if you catch yourself doing it, it's very humbling. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that weirdly applies to like most things in life, isn't it? Unless mm. you become very aware of the fact yeah. that like, this happens, then like you will catch yourself. Like I've done it so many times, and then all it takes is one, one wise question based on the subject, and then you like stumped, and you think to yourself, "I actually don't know." And then that's that. That's the start of when when you start heading down the the slope to kind of realizing you know nothing. But it it is a a really interesting kind of phenomenon really i guess yeah. and it's like and i like i like the comedy how it is described when you look at the photo the different stages of it yeah it's great uh, really uh, probably a good practical example like if you've listened to that and thought what the fuck does that mean like a really <laughs> practical example so like let's say um my stepdad like bought an ipad he hasn't got an ipad right and he's not very techy 
and I went round, and obviously I've got an iPad, I use an iPad, so I feel like in his presence, I feel kingpin on the iPad, because like yeah, top, he's top. not got a clue, but then if I then come into a room with you, mate, and what you know about software, coding, all these kind of things, I I'm, I feel like I know an iPad well, but you know a lot more about it than me, because I haven't got any knowledge on that. I'm so ignorant to it. I think I'm really good. Might be a poor yeah, example, yeah. but like it's no, no. kind of it, it, it is that like you know a little bit more than someone, so you get this false like level of confidence, and then you meet someone who knows a lot more than you, who probably spouts a lot less about it than you, uh, and you realize oh fucking hell, there's actually all this to learn. And honestly, like it's mad. Like I think clients come to me sometimes and think like God's like you know you know everything, and I feel like I know a lot with them. And then yeah. I'll go off to London and study with Michael and feel like I fucking know nothing again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, it's I mental. Think this, it is mental. I th- and, I, and I think there's a conversation here. And it's a very, very brief point I make. But it's so easy to stay comfortable with the people that, like, you know, that kind of get to that point where you think that you're the smartest in the room or on a particular subject, at least. But to have the, um, I guess, the the audacity to then go out and seek that discomfort in terms of like let's put myself around people who are considered experts and then to humble yourself like that takes a lot because it's taking you out of your comfort zone where you as you say in your in your small pond like i forget what it is now a little, like little fish small pond or something like that a big fish big fish small pond that yeah. kind of thing but then you go all of a sudden you get into a massive lake and you're just tiny fish and you realize oh i actually don't know nothing but taking that step to kind of seek out that discomfort there's something definitely to be said about it so back on to kind of like exercise talk i guess um what is your favorite shoulder exercise and now what i will say i'm going to discuss i'm going to kind of group shoulders in all of the delts so front yeah whatever which is your favorite uh it's probably going to be a like a, a lateral raise essentially so i don't mind what lateral raise lateral raise machine cable lateral raise on my lateral raise fucking love a lateral raise mate would you i know you like the um where you hang off, i know you like the one where you hang off the side of a bench to be fair but if you had to pick a like a variation which one would it be personal favorite i love a so you set the bench to 30 degrees you're lying back on the bench and it's called like a cable um a cable crossbody like lateral raise uh a crucifix lateral raise there's a few names for it it's basically it's amazing um it's probably one of the best ways you can line up like the resistance to what's going on at the shoulder so there's different points and this is universal this isn't like just me or Stu or you like this is universal so there's a certain position for everyone's shoulder and it's generally the same position where the muscle is stronger and weaker and that's based on like how the muscle's position and its ability to like be efficient and like the cable like crucifix lateral raise like lying back on a bench feels amazing because it's probably one of the better exercises you can get to match that um so i love that exercise mate amazing yeah for sure i think i will chime in on the same thing as you like lateral raise is, is kind of where i'd go to like i'm currently going through the process of like really focusing my shoulders for the first time in my life so it's all very like new to me because i've always just done like shoulder press uh stuff of that nature you know very like compounding movements or just general like 
moving the weight around basically but with what you said like it that's actually i think my favorite version of it too and because it's like it actually allows you to isolate correctly i think the problem with lateral raises when we go to dumbbells is you think you're doing it right but realistically you've not you've not you've probably not felt the fatigue properly in your side delts to say, oh yeah, this is what it should feel like. So that's why I like it more so just because it's actually like, because you're restricted, you're lying down, you can't move your body around, you can't make all these compensations. Um, I do like the dumbbell version once you get a I little mean, bit mate. more, more experience with it. And I'll tell you why, and this is kind of, it's a bit of a weak reason but it's a reason nonetheless. It's purely because of the availability of Simple. dumbbells. Yeah, like you can pick it up and you're done. Whereas like sometimes the cable, like you've only got, like in my gym, there's only two cable machines. You've got to find the cable machines. You've got to get it all set up. got to get the bench in there. Is there a bench near? I've got to wheel it across the gym. If you can get the fucking dumbbells and just start going, you save yourself like a fair bit of time. Yeah, practical and as well, mate, people have been building their shoulders off dumbbell latch raises for years, mate. And as much as I love fucking geeking out on anatomy and stuff, like, at the end of the day, if you lift well with a dumbbell latch raise, you'll build some fantastic shoulders. Um, might not see everybody, but a lot of people will get some fantastic results from it. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I think, I think again, there's something to be said about the stuff that's worked over time, isn't there? Like the simple movements. And that's why I think a lot of people do go to like the, the barbell movements. But yeah, you can look you can look through time and kind of find some 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 common themes that you can probably utilize that will work rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. Okay, so let's move on to the back then. Um okay. and I I guess we'll talk about the lats specifically. Where we so, are where we ooh. are. Good question. So, what do I like most? I can take the first one if you like, because I've go got, a, got a quick answer. So, again, like I've actually, I think a lot of people, especially when you're a beginner, you you, you tend to go lap pull down, um, some form of rope, perhaps yeah. if you're more barbell inclined. Um, for me, one of my again recent discovery, kind of like branching out a little bit, but a plate loaded lap pull down is just yeah, yeah. like the icing on the cake for me because of the I, I i can't explain it the contraction i can get from that maybe it's just a particular machine i'm using yeah. uh, the techno gym equipment um but it's just amazing and i just i just feel such a a great <laughs> amazing pump from it and like i feel like i can feel like i can pull directly from that muscle whereas when it comes to like a cable that pull down i feel like there's a bit more swing there's a bit more use of the biceps and the isolation is not quite as good and i will throw in my runners up um and it's something that it's such a simple movement but i, I trained to try and get there for so long after losing weight it is a pull-up like just throwing in a few pull-ups is like a a superset or even a warm-up it's just uh, there's something such so nice about that movement um yeah so that's my two so that the plate loaded lap pull down and like just a, just a calisthenic pull-up man just something nice about moving just using your body but where what we got raw so in terms of like a, an exercise you can do anywhere which i love a chest supported dumbbell row few reasons yeah. you get massive stability you can train like a lot of muscles in the back so lats rhomboids traps rear delts 
even like the spinal, the muscles that extend the spine, like through the thoracic. So the spinal exercise is like such an all-in-one, hard, stable, good exercise. Um, in terms of like a personal, personal favorite, and this is a fucking luxury, mate, and 99.5% of gyms won't have it, a Nautilus Nitro lat pull-down. Oh, my God. That's like stopping in the Ritz, that is, mate, when training your lats. Explain it to me. Give me give me a little bit of uh, foreplay here. I want to hear it. So, basically, like, the Nitro range, they made it, and a, a lot of the pieces in the range are just made really well. So, on a normal lap pull-down, you know, everyone will know that you fatigue at the bottom. So, as you hit fatigue, you can't pull the bar as low. And basically what's happening there is, is that the the kind of resistance uh, or the challenge, if you like, on the muscle is getting greater as you come down, which is yep. fine. And that's perfectly like brilliant. But the muscles actually getting weaker so as a mismatch. What they did with the nitro, they basically put it together, did some stuff with the mechanics. So it's actually heavier where you're stronger. And instead of it getting heavier on the way down, it actually gets lighter. So you get, you can really take the muscle to a, you get a, what we call a full range challenge and take the muscle to a very high level of fatigue. Um, whereas on the traditional lap pull down, the conventional lap pull down, you probably wouldn't be able to take the, uh, the set as far because mechanically you would basically like fatigue and weaken um, before you could kind of go to that point of the set as it were so yeah, yeah. it's just a really well-made piece of kit is the bottom line it's well made piece of kit feels amazing um it's got like um it's not like a fixed path machine so basically if you're a little bit broader the arm moves with you it's quite ergonomic if you like um so yeah mate it's just amazing so for the for the listeners if you wanted to google that because i had to google it to make sure i knew what it looked yeah. like that is the nautilus nitro lat pull down yeah get yourself and, dense uh, train with intent in stafford oh my god that is like go down see ryan get a day pass it's literally yeah. antenna best gym one of the best gyms in the country i've probably not been to enough in the country but definitely in the west <laughs> midlands slash staffordshire and he's got the full nitro range. And honestly, you've been eating, you've been, you've been having your McDonald's chicken nuggets, which are all well and good. You're now going to like the, the best. Yeah, the Marco Pierre Whites. That kind. Of, we're taking it straight through the gears. You're going for a Hawks Moor steak, not a uh, Marston's pub steak. Oh yeah, yeah. I like it. To be fair, I think there is something to be said about like. Not necessarily just like going, like finding the best gym you can go to and train, but just training at different gyms and like realizing that like not all gym equipment is made the same. Like that's a humbling realization because it's such like to me that specialist kit. So like you think, oh, they're all top quality, but like yeah, anything in life, like again, there's just so many levels mm. to it, isn't there? Yeah, it might look nice. It might, um, it might, you know, it might be a screen on it. It might look quite cool being brand new but it doesn't necessarily mean it's made for the human body but that's a level of knowledge which in my opinion like 99.9% of people who go into the gym they don't need to know that like that's for us geeks to like geek out on and yeah, then pass sure. on the knowledge in a simplified way down um and my advice would be keep using your lap pull down fantastic exercise if you ever get a chance to go on a nitro pull down do not miss it because it's just good for you to have that experience 
that's it, isn't it? And it comes back to what we we're saying. It's like it's all about like where people are in their journey, what their goals are, and stuff of that nature. Yeah, mate, exactly. Mate, I'm conscious as well. I'm I'm ruining the party saying I've got a hard stop shortly, but I'd like to get through the remaining muscle groups. Yeah, let's do it. So I'm gonna go. Well, I think I'm gonna go like legs, and I know legs is a big. It's quite broad, but if we go quads, what's the favourite? I know you're gonna say leg extension. Mine would be the same, but if I'm gonna put one on par with it, um, a plate loaded leg press. There's different ones. If you've got one that's on a pivot. I like the ones on rails, but if you've got one that's on a pivot, oh my mm. god, amazing! Like you get to the bottom of that rep and you do a little pause, and your quads are screaming, you're pulling into that chair. <laughs> I love it, like brilliant. Yeah, and like I just want to say there actually, like that is a little fucking hack for when when times are getting hard. Like tense your body up and pull yourself into the chair, give yourself as much stability as you can. And you can, like, I've seen it myself where I think I've got nothing left. I'll pull myself in, I'll get two, three more reps, two, three more in the back. Yeah, man, because I'm just like I, I don't know what it is. Like oh, fuck knows, but that just gives me such a good feeling. Yeah, leg extension is mine because like when someone's taking you through the levels, like we said before. You can push yourself so, so far and you can keep going. Like you can have a little rest, keep going. Like drop sets are easy on it. I've got a little story and I will tell it quickly. So yesterday I'm on a leg extension. I've got um decent amount of um decent amount of weight on there. And I'm like, right, I'm, I'm in my set. I'm on about rep three or four. Good quality reps, nice and slow on the way down. Good on the way up. Get a squeeze, getting, you know, quality. And then all of a sudden... I'm on the top of the rep, and the fucking weight stack drops off the off the off the like the resistance part of the machine, the leg bit, and then it like and then the fucking thing flips over, and like so it goes over and hits me on the top of the quads where your shins usually are, and I just couldn't fucking believe my eyes, and I still don't know what happened, but uh, literally all the weight came off, and yeah, <laughs> that was that was an experience I had in the gym. Shit, that's interesting. I wonder if one of the uh, I wonder if the cable had come off the cam, maybe. I'm not sure. Like, I just heard the weight stack just drop, and I thought, you know what, that is a sign to just you know what, you're quite a pretty fucked anyway. Let's just leave it there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what it was. I would interest to see that. Probably something going on with the cam there where the cables maybe come off it, and that's why you've had the big dink. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, as you say, conscious of time. So are there any notable mentions? Because we've obviously got the glutes, we've got the calves, um, or any other body exercises that you kind of that aren't covered directly in what we've we've said. So glutes, 45 degree hip extension. Love that exercise. Feels That's amazing. To be fair. When you learn the the skill of that, amazing. RDLs as well, amazing. Love an RDL. Um what else arms so my yes, arm pressure arms. i'm just gonna give one for arms not even one yep. of each just one and Go i on, absolutely love a single arm um over the shoulder tricep extension if you get that lined up that feels and i've got terrible connection with my triceps so that feels amazing really like that and if you get an autoless nitro tricep extension, that's even better. <laughs> that's even better. But yeah, like an overhead tricep extension. I don't want a, a dual rope push down as well. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, like tricep extension is something that I also struggle with. Like, I, I just, 
I feel, I feel like I fatigue so much quicker. If I'm going to give one for arms, I think it would be a preacher uh, curl. <laughs> yeah, a preacher curl. <laughs> now, I like a um, curl. I just, <laughs> I just like a, a simple. Uh, uh, I don't know what the bar is called actually, but like an easy bar on a cable or like the spinny bar. Cable curl, yeah. Just a cable curl, man. Because like standard f- cable curl. It requires a lot of uh, a lot of stability when you start getting serious weight, but the contraction you can get, amazing, kind of fr- through the range of motion is spectacular. But on that note, we've kind of covered a few kind of things, a few f- things for thought, food for thought, and all that stuff. But uh, that is it. So have you got any final words, Rora? No, mate. I think I enjoyed that episode. Uh, hopefully everyone else enjoyed it as well. Yeah, and do add your two cents into the conversation. So if you've got any exercises or if you are one of the few people in the country who have tried a Nautilus Nitro lat pull down, let us know. But thank you ever so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week for another EP. Thanks for watching.